Hello and welcome. Jens here. Before I get to the main subject at hand, I want to wish all of you loyal listeners a happy Hanukkah, a wondrous winter solstice, and a merry Christmas. I also want to briefly digress to give an update on our last regular episode, Stads Lonigen. Since we recorded that one, I've read the first 160 or so pages of Farrell's Studs trilogy. I'm still in the first book, obviously, but it's already easily apparent what sets this book apart from the movie, the absolutely crackerjack prose. It's also darkly, cynically funny. The Studs of the book is still a bad person, grant you, but Farrell makes no excuses for him. He simply presents him as a fully rounded, detailed character and lets the reader draw their own conclusions. So I've been really enjoying it so far, and I didn't want anyone to get the impression from our last episode that this was not a good series of books, because clearly they are. Pretty darn good. But enough digression. Let's get into the next Japanese Jerry Goldsmith tribute concert album, shall we? This one is called Free as the Wind, a tribute to Jerry Goldsmith. It's Free as the Wind in reference to Papillon, of course. It was recorded in 2005 by the Japan Philharmonic Orchestra under the direction of Yasutsu Takemoto and Shigeo Genda. The Japan Philharmonic Orchestra is one of several major symphonic orchestras in Tokyo, not to be confused with the new Japan Philharmonic Orchestra. Many Goldsmith fans will recognize this album by its cover art, a pencil sketch of Jerry sporting a bemused smirk that our friend and occasional co-host David aptly described as looking less like Jerry and more like actor Richard Kind. One interesting connection to the Kanagawa Philharmonic Orchestra we discussed last time, conductor Shigeo Genda was actually musical director there for a while. However, he's most acclaimed for conducting opera for the Nikkei Opera Foundation and an apparently quite famous performance of Mahler's Symphony No. 5 of the Japan Shinsei Symphony. Meanwhile, the other credited conductor, Yasutsu Takemoto, has some name recognition in Japan. But here in the West, the thing that he's conducted that folks will be most familiar with is the soundtrack to The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, written by Toro Minigishi, Asuka Ota, and Koji Kondo. Due to the liner notes being in Japanese, I can't make out which of these two conductors conducted which pieces. I strongly suspect that just like with Nick Rain's The Omen, the essential Jerry Goldsmith, there were two separate sessions, one of which went much better than the other. This would account for the significant up and downs in performance and quality from piece to piece. At almost 50 minutes long, Free as the Wind is unarguably a more substantial album than Hollywood Symphonic Spectacular was. But to me, it nonetheless doesn't manage to best the prior album in worthwhile highlights. There's just very little here that you haven't heard before performed live. A big chunk of the concert program is made up of themes that you usually see arranged into what Jerry called the motion picture suite. These are mostly alright, the Japan Philharmonic Orchestra quits itself best when covering Jerry's more mellow, slow-paced themes, as illustrated by their combined suite of The Sand Pebbles and Chinatown.
And of course, it wouldn't be a Japanese Jerry Goldsmith concert without the frequent favorite, the end title from Alien. Being not so far removed stylistically from the kind of classical music that Japanese orchestras are generally used to playing, this piece plays to their strengths, a depth of feeling, but also a measured restraint. It's one of the finer performances on the album, and the one time I will give the Japan Philharmonic credit for besting the Kanagawa Philharmonic in a performance. Themed Papillon also receives an impassioned performance, a curiously abridged arrangement that feels like it's straight out of the aforementioned motion picture suite, but here must stand alone.
At this point, you're doubtlessly wondering, what's the problem? Why so negative on this album, Jens? Well, there's of course more to Jerry Goldsmith than just pretty themes. And this is where the JPO stumbles. Take, for instance, one of the few pieces of music here that isn't a regular concert staple. In fact, it isn't even on the original soundtrack album. The Sandstorm from The Mummy. The fact that the JPO would cover this piece was, of course, intriguing for me, and a definite contributing factor to purchasing this album. For this example, I want to first play the real score track for you. But, for the purpose of this comparison, I need you to imagine away the choir. having the choir is a baked-in factor for concert performances. So don't judge the live performance on that aspect. Instead, judge it on its general lack of force and sluggish rhythms.
The percussion comes in late at key moments, and despite the fact that Free as the Wind features a very bassy recording, sometimes too bassy for comfort, it still doesn't manage to have anywhere near the oomph of the real thing. I talked a little bit last time about how it's essential to not muck up Goldsmith's Stravinsky meets math rock mixed meter writing when performing this kind of action music. How important precision is. But this is something about Goldsmith that these otherwise accomplished conductors and this particular orchestra seem to struggle with. Take, for instance, the main title for The Wind and the Lion. One of the most striking things about this theme is the contrast created by alternating that heavy onslaught of percussion with the majestic horn fanfare. Each of those elements representing an aspect of the Rizuli as a character, in whom be the combination of antithetical elements that are at eternal war with one another. The tempo and especially the deliberate pauses are essential to this piece. Here's a sample from the film score for reference. And here's the much more uneven version from Free as the Wind. Everything runs together a bit more in this concert version, and it's sloppier overall. While I was preparing this episode, I made the rest of the gang listen to these cues, and Clark's reaction stuck with me. He said, That Wind in the Lion performance veers dangerously close to high school orchestra level. And then David added that the slower tempo and overpunched timpani reminded him of old Eric Kunzel recordings. Which made me laugh, but is probably a bit too mean to Kunzel.
Oh, there's nothing as cringeworthy here as that Jurassic Park suite that I played on the last Gold Nugget episode. There are plenty of subtle flubs to be picked out, mostly from the brass section. Here's one that once I heard it, I just couldn't unhear it. First, for reference, the real thing. An excerpt from the instrumental version of It's a Long Road, of the first Blood soundtrack. same section from McHugh the concert album simply dubs Rambo. Interesting distinction, right? Call me a nitpicker or whatever, but this stuff is important, especially once you press it on an album. One more thing I want to play for you is their version of the Total Recall theme. Now, this isn't entirely fair, because the thing I love most about the Total Recall theme that has always made it work for me is the synthesizers. It's not a theme that was ever intended for the concert hall, and the version that gets played in concert all too frequently has a completely different timbre than the film version, with a high-pitched anvil sound driving it. People sometimes compare this theme to Basil Polidorus' Conan the Barbarian, which apparently was on the film's temp track, but I've always felt that Jerry was doing enough of his own thing for that to be unwarranted. I will admit this, though, when it's played with an anvil in this mode, I do get a bit of a Conan vibe. I've never liked this concert version of the theme, and this rendition is particularly bad. Note that the underlying string ostinato, which to me is a key element of this theme, in this recording disappears almost entirely.
So obviously there's a ton more music I could play for you off this album, but I think what you've heard should give you a decent idea of its strengths and weaknesses. For me, it's a guilty pleasure album in the same way that The Omen, the essential Jerry Goldsmith is. Sure, it gets very questionable at times, but on the softer themes, the orchestra does pretty well, and I enjoy hearing different interpretations of Jerry now and then, you know? I don't really know where to give credit or blame between the two conductors. Maybe one of them understands Jerry better than the other? Still, I can't in good conscience give Free as the Wind a tribute to Jerry Goldsmith a higher rating than a 5.5 out of 10. For now, I leave you with one of the best cues of the album, where the Japan Philharmonic does a great job even with the strident action and suspense parts. The Suite from Twilight Zone, the movie. (laughs) 